Now let's take a look at the bigger picture. Jill Malandrino, global markets reporter for the NASDAQ, is with us to talk about, let's just start with the obvious, and that is Russia-Ukraine and the conflict. What's interesting is how quickly it's escalated now and how we are seeing the NASDAQ, for example, down 15% for this year. So the pressure is on. Your thoughts? It certainly is. And now we have uncertainty about how the incursion will play out. Will Russia claim the Donbass region for its own bloodshed, similar to Crimea less than 10 years ago? Or will there be a global conflict with NATO countries joining Ukraine to defend itself and push Russia out? Or will this be more like occupied Afghanistan for Russia and then the U.S.? with guerrilla-style war that persists for years, damaging mostly the Ukraine economy. We don't really know how that's going to play out yet, but to see um, what Germany has done with its pipeline and how NATO has been rallied to come together, uh, it could be interesting to see how the standoff takes place. Now, the immediate economic impact is hitting the commodity market, as Ben had said. As the conflict had started to heat up, crude oil prices were nearing 100 a barrel. Other big Russian and Ukraine uh, exports like natural gas, wheat, aluminum, nickel, that also was on the rise. And again, the fact that Germany put the Nord Stream 2 pipeline on hold also raised supply worries in the middle of Europe's winter of surging prices caused by supply worries that already existed. Now, that could be bad for inflation as commodity prices affect prices we pay for gas and other products. A deeper impact may come as sanctions hit financial institutions, as the uh, journal had reported, that's undercutting the ability of Western buyers to finance commodity purchases and for companies to ship parts to their Russian operations. So really that squeeze from a financial perspective, uh, particularly um, as it relates to, to the business sector and what you're seeing with some private oligarchs and so forth, I think that's really where um, the pressure is going to be put for Russia. Yeah, and that's even hard to understand fully because um, we know there's already been issues and pauses and there's sanctions now on Russia. But um, for financial institutions, um, if you could just say that again, so I fully understand what it is you're trying to translate. Right. So when it comes to financial institutions, it's not only uh, related to what I had said earlier, but you also have to think about debt as well. Right. And what this could potentially do is it undercuts the ability of Western buyers to finance commodity purchases and for companies to ship parts to their Russian operations. So think of it as adding more stress to the already stressed supply chain. You have to remember we also um, import a number of metals for, from Russia and that goes into a number of the components that we use for um, technology hardware and, and EV and so forth. So really I think um, when it comes from an operational perspective and when you think about the supply chain, that's really where the stress could be in addition to what we're seeing with the obvious markets in oil and natural gas. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Let's turn our attention now. You did mention uh, gold and a few other things and inflation. Wanted to turn our attention to the housing market. And we saw mortgage apps, for example, dropping the big picture on some of the trends that we're watching. Yeah, so when we think about it closer to home, the latest data shows the prices of U.S. homes rapidly rising again in the past year. Prices increased nearly 19% in 2021, which is actually the biggest one-year increase since the 1940s. Part of the problem is, Nicole, and I've, I'm actually covering this for a project I'm doing in grad school, uh, a number of real estate experts I've had on my show, whether they're brokers or attorneys, it all comes back down to the low supply of houses. Homes available for sale are at multi-decade lows. The um, amount of inventory available is only about 1.6 months, which is way lower than the typical supply um, would be. And that's half of the problem because you have affordability. 
lower interest rates had made it more affordable to take on a larger mortgage. But when you have your 30-year fixed rate suddenly jumping from 3% to around 4%, that's an increase of nearly 100 basis points since December. We know that it um, makes borrowing for a home much more costly. So then not only do you have commodity prices, you have housing payment inflation, you have low supply, um, it could prolong the inflationary effect. And then you wonder, you know, will it be baked into wages at some point as well? I had actually um, spoken with a local real estate attorney who handles most transactions in New York City. And I'd asked him, will borrowing money really impact buyer attitudes? Will they dial back a bit? And he was saying, you know what, Jill, it all comes back down to supply. We don't see demand um, dwindling at all. There's just so much demand out there with record low inventory that he thinks we're several interest points away from having a serious impact on the housing market as it relates specific to interest rates. So really the path to yeah. price normalization, it's going to be a slow one. Right. Just because the demand is still so real and it's so there and they're willing to pay more. Uh, that being said, as I mentioned at the top of our discussion, how markets have sold off just this February, but for the whole year. And the phrase I heard a couple of times today was that we were near bottom. I don't think we're at the bottom, but we're near the bottom. Are you hearing people saying that? Or, I mean, as the S&P is in correction territory, we're about 11 percent or so away below our record. Um, you know, tell me what people are saying. Right. I'm hearing more about correction than I am about the bottom. Now, if the Ukraine and Russia situation was not inserted into the conversation, I think it might be a little bit different where we were talking about the bottom, because really we were focused on inflation and interest rates. That was the narrative in the market. We know we're getting some sort of a hike in March, debating anywhere if it's going to be 25 basis points or 50, anywhere from five to eight hikes. That really was the narrative. And then once we saw the seriousness of the conflict with Ukraine and Russia, that's sort of where the narrative turned on a dime. So I'm actually hearing a little bit more about correction and perhaps a little bit of cash on the sidelines till we get more visibility and clarity into what's happening right now because any potential escalation of conflict can impact not only Fed policy right. but global central bank policy and that's why the narrative has shifted a bit. Yeah, interesting. Jill, it's nice to chat with you. Jill Malandrino of the Nasdaq Global Markets Report at the Nasdaq. Thank you, Jill.